Hi, Rachel. Hello, Brian. So how was your week? It's been crazy. I'm on tenterhooks. It's, you know, obviously the night before election day and it's could be the night before the end of the world. Um, and no matter what happens, it appears that Trump is going to somehow declare victory. And I'm just like, I'm so anxious. I don't remember ever being so anxious in my life. Um, yeah, I agree. This whole election has been one big nope. So let's do a podcast about it. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. So here we are the night before the election. Uh, the only other option we had was watching MSNBC and CNN on a loop. We didn't know what else to do with ourselves. So we figured we might as well do an election episode, something to take our minds off the election by talking by about the election. talking about the election. <laughs> yeah, now, now <laughs> this, is, uh, this was hastily arranged. It is an ill-conceived plan. We are poorly prepared. And it is we a- We have no idea what we're it doing. It has a high likelihood of being completely botched. So bear with us as we uh, wing it, just like our democracy is winging it through this election. And we'll try to provide you with uh, some entertainment and a satisfactory outcome. Rachel, what's been going on with you? How are you coping? Well, we're all, my whole household is like melting down. I can't really sleep. I'm having these like crazy dreams. Um, my dad pulled his back out. My mother can't stop cleaning. Josh is basically in hiding, pacing back and forth. And today I decided to harness my anxiety and phone bank with Beto O'Rourke and Jack Black in Texas. Whoa. And it was great. I talked to actual people. I got hung up on like probably over a hundred times, but at least it was something to do. Did and they give like, you like a script of things to say? And... Yeah. It's like a whole program. Yeah. Wow. I tried to do that with uh, texting for Biden. I signed up and I did a whole hour of training, but the problem is you can only do it for a few hours a day and they release the like text numbers that you can grab at four o'clock. And by like four Oh one, they're gone. It's like getting like the old days when they like would release tickets to a hot concert at midnight and by 1201, they were all gone. So I've been trying to text for Biden and I just haven't been able to. I'm prepared. Well, that's a good sign. It means so many people know, are I've, getting involved. Yeah, I, feel yeah. Le- I feel less bad that at least someone's uh, doing the dirty work, uh, the good, the, the heavenly work uh, instead of me. So like you, uh, I'm sure I've been worried about what I'm going to do tomorrow on Election Day, and I'm going to vote first thing like six in the morning, but then I have a full day of work. Um, so luckily for me, when I read the Wall Street Journal this morning, there was an article about what people are doing on Election Day to alleviate their anxiety. And it gave me some really good ideas, and I'm going to give you some examples that were quoted in the article. Um, okay. One is Sarah and Ken Aiken. Um, this is a couple— in Maryland, and they make pickleball paddles. And they said- That's their business, or they're doing that on election day? They might also be doing it on election day. That's their work. No, they said that in the morning, they're going to get onto their 40-foot yacht and sail into Chesapeake Bay. Oh, who among us? And find anchorage somewhere, and that they may return Wednesday or Thursday. They interviewed Cheryl Zahn, who is going to spend the evening sorting her son's Lego blocks by color. They spoke to the Reverend Jason Carlton, who's actually very admirably going to watch news with his two daughters, his two young daughters, who have, quote, been radicalized by TikTok. So 
I feel like he's doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Um, <laughs> right, okay. Respect. Um, a- a- Andrew Turnbull, a CPA from New Hampshire, uh, but now lives in Puerto Rico. He supports Trump, and he says he's going to vote, and then he's going to go home and binge Shit's Creek. Um, Wait, he's voting <laughs> in Puerto Rico? No, yeah, he lives in Puerto Rico. Um, Andrew Turnbull? Yes, the famous <laughs> Puerto Rican accountant. <laughs> Fuck you, Andrew Turnbull. No, you don't deserve Shit's Creek. Um, and then this is this is a weird one, but I approve. Patricia Delden is a sleep researcher, and she plans on putting on her fam- favorite Christmas pajamas that are wet and right <laughs> and have believe, the word believe, stitched onto the chest. And then she and her husband is going to take her two teenage sons and watch Borat's subsequent movie film. Oh, that's I could get behind that. That is that's absolutely good. the best, the best one. So that's a <laughs> that's, little menu. That's a little buffet of ideas I'll have to consider. They're all possible for me. I could do any of those except sail my forty foot yacht into Chesapeake Day Bay. But uh, I think the Christmas pajamas sound like very hygge. Very yeah, hygge. yeah. I'm sure yeah. I could get them on Etsy pretty quickly and have, yeah. have them same day have deliver them couriered <laughs> <Instacart>. over. <laughs> Okay, those are our little okay. personal things. But I want to do a follow-up. We're very good on the follow-ups here. Um, last week, we talked about this uh, PSA campaign that was $250 million. Now it's $300 million that was being run by Michael Caputo from the the now institutionalized head of the <laughs> <laughs> spokesman for the Health and Human health Services. Human Services with no experience in health or human services or even in being a human. <laughs> None of the above. Um, okay. And um, so if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that um, that he tried to bribe Santas into endorsing the COVID. He was going to give the Santas the first doses of the vaccine <laughs> right. if they did like a PSA. Exactly. So now the full scope of this effort has come to light. There is a <laughs> list of 274 celebrities that they have drafted and on this list, which is now public and which I have before me, <clears throat> they have the celebrity. They have <clears throat> anything they know about their political affiliations in the back in their history. And then they also have what demographics they might uh, appeal to. So I'm going <laughs> to... So I'm just going to let the list speak for itself. There are so many here, my head was spinning. I just had to start picking at random. So they had George Clooney who's ruled out because he was arrested during a protest at the Sudanese embassy in Washington, D.C. Oh, and also as a lifelong liberal Democrat. John Legend ruled out because he has had multiple Twitter fights with Trump. Christina Aguilera, who is ruled out because she is a gay rights supporting liberal. Reese Witherspoon, who is ruled out because she was (laughs) pulled over for drunk driving. How did they come up with these people? (laughs) How did they come out with these reasons? They gave like, like someone the protest of like Sudan, Sudan. like <laughs> that put them over the edge. Not the gets, fact that George it Clooney it gets is worse. campaign for every Democrat. Okay, go so on. Jim Carrey disqualified not because he betrays uh, Joe Biden, uh, but because he denounced Republicans while speaking about his interest in politically oriented painting. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> he has reinvented himself as an artist. 
<laughs> then there's uh, the artist Zendaya, the musical artist Zendaya, who uh, advocates for, ruled out, disqualified, because she advocates for young people to use their voice. She did this during the Teen Choice Awards in 2017. Okay. That's pretty controversial. Using um, your voice. Yes. <laughs> using your voice. <laughs> to sing? To protest? Yodel? To <laughs> Those are big super spreaders, the yodelers. Um, Sigourney Weaver is a problem. A lot of the younger listeners may not know who she is, but um, she's a very famous actress. She's disqualified because in 1984, she, quote, spoke her mind to Ronald Reagan about being pro-choice. How did okay. they dig that up? <laughs> their their rationale ago. is like so Almost bizarre. 40 years ago, she said something to Ronald Reagan. And then... <laughs> <laughs> like it was unforgivable. He never forgot it. <laughs> he forgot. He was forgetting shit two years later, forever. <laughs> Five minutes later, he didn't know it happened. Someone witnessed it. <laughs> okay. And then here are some. Uh, oh, wait. And, and also Alec Baldwin, who they said was, quote, interested but having a baby in a few weeks despite and the fact that alec baldwin he, endorsed he plays, obama twice and plays <laughs> trump on saturday night live but they also disqualified him because he was arrested in that 2018 assault and then there are some that are just a real head scratchers um aquafina uh -huh. <laughs> obviously a trump supporter laverne cox also an obvious obvious <laughs> Titus Burgess from Kimmy Schmidt. From Kimmy Schmidt, okay. <laughs> Obviously, a big flaming Republican. Pinot Noir. <laughs> Pinot Noir. <laughs> right. And then, obviously, the most Republican of all of these, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I'm going to oh. fly out of his seat to do a PSA <laughs> for, for Michael Caputo. <laughs> Now, now wait. I want to get. The, I want to get to the part where they talk about the demographics that these people appear appeal to. So, Beyonce and Cardi B appeal to Black Americans, the general population, and super spreaders. What? What is that? Are, what super, are they talking? I saw that too, and I was like, "Are they talking about people who will like spread the word about maybe PSA?" Oh, or maybe like, I didn't even think of that. Or are they looking? I don't know. But are they who looking will for go people mask at a motorcycle rally? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's so. Then, but other confusing. super spreaders they suggest are Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, and Nicki Minaj. I mean, none of these people would ever even give Take a phone call the, uh, the time of day. They wouldn't they, they wouldn't even turn around. They would just keep walking. <laughs> and then there's some were like, where the fuck did they come up with this? These are ones that just appeal to the general population. Lincoln Park, the band and Pearl Jam. Oh, Pearl <laughs> Jam. I, Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam was on the um, the call today on the Zoom for my for my phone banking for so Biden. phone banking for for Biden. Maybe this is the enemies list. No, because they had like some of the whoever the Trump like Lil Pump and Lil Wayne and Lil John and 
all the Trace Adkins, all those like people who were on The Apprentice. Those are the only people right. who the people who were on The Apprentice. Anyway, I return to the question. Have they ever heard of these people? Do they have the slightest inkling? I would love to be in the bowels of the HHS of whatever intern. Well, an intern would know who these people are. Like what senior citizen came up the with H these people? It was some agency they hired to like put together this like Fakakta list. And I have no idea. I, I think now that the list has been released by the House Oversight Committee, I think that all of the celebrities on the list should band together and like do a <laughs> slander, concert. a slander. <laughs> no, a like a concert lawsuit <laughs> to raise money to tear down the wall, you know? Yeah. That be or nice? just go there and tear down like tear a down unity. Themselves. You tear it down themselves. <laughs> I want to yeah, see just... Lady Gaga and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> With and like yes and, and just, reese witherspoon and zendaya with a wrecking ball yes. oh yeah that would be good you should just want... show up it could be like the berlin wall that would be amazing mr yes. trump tear down this wall okay we have so have an idea <laughs> call, call us, us. <laughs> we won't take your money and we don't won't take your assignment but uh call us we could maybe sabotage it somehow although it looks like it's doing a good job sabotaging itself nope Absolutely not. Okay, I, no. I, I was going to do this first, but I, it was so horrible that I, I, I think I subconsciously skipped over it. But um, as you know, <laughs> here's a segue. <laughs> as you know, we have all been looking for the perfect metaphor for 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah, say. that was supposed to be before the other thing that you just talked about. We're out of order. Sorry. <laughs> we are. This courtroom is out of order. Um, so okay, um, perfect metaphor for 2020. People say it's a dumpster fire. People say it's a shit show. No, they are wrong. Here is the metaphor for 2020. Uh, it is brought about by Leonard Shoulders, a 33-year-old man who was waiting for a bus on the street in the Bronx when the side... That wasn't bad enough to be waiting for a bus. <laughs> it's horrible. We have listeners in the Bronx. Don't insult the Bronx. No, I'm not saying where he would just to be waiting for a bus anywhere. Sucks. It does suck. Okay. Well, he was okay. waiting to add insult to injury. He was waiting for the bus in the Bronx when the sidewalk opened up and swallowed him. His mother was there with him and she said it was like suction. He just went down. And there is uh, like a, it's close, a nightmare. There's like a security cam that caught it. And in fact, he was just sucked into the earth. Debris was falling and hitting him on the head, but he didn't shout out for help. Why? because he fell into a nest of hundreds of rats and he couldn't like... scream because he was worried that they were going to crawl into his mouth. So he kept his jaw clamped oh, shut. It's, it's like the final scene of um, 1984. 1984, <laughs> right. They were in a cage, right, in that case, on yes. his head, I think, if I recall. Except in a nest underground. It's the same yeah, thing. It's the exact it's same in... thing, right. That's why it's a perfect metaphor. We're in uh, we're in the world of 1984. So obviously they called 911 and the firefighters came, but it took them 30 minutes to rescue him. So he is laying there in a pit of rats, under the ground with firefighters trying to get to him and he had to wait 30 minutes and he was too scared to open his mouth. Could you imagine the horror? I oh can't imagine he's, the horror. He's, he's never going to be the same. No, they would take me straight to Bellevue for psychiatric treatment. Like I would I never would, be the same. No, no, <laughs> I would be catatonic. I, but you know, I mean, you know what I bet it was a little bit like? 
living in Trump's America for the last four years. You know, it's yes. even more like if we have to live in Trump's America for another four years. It's Correct. Gonna be a, it's going to be it's a, gonna be a sinkhole of rats. We'll be wishing we were in a sinkhole of rats. <laughs> in the Bronx waiting for a bus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, yes. Okay, that was brief, but uh, the okay. mental image was enough. Nope, shut that down. No, no, okay. absolutely not. And now, Rachel, you, uh, I don't know what, uh, I, I see on the little story list here, a bunch of unrelated, <laughs> it's like a grab bag of, of horrors. Of, it's a grab bag of it's horrors. It's like a secret, a secret Santa. Yes. <laughs> like a Yankee swap. <laughs> Credit default swap. Okay, it, was turned, so, it was turned out just as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, okay. okay. So the coronavirus is coming back and all these European countries are shutting down again to contain the spread. But here in America, we're like, hey, coronavirus, like stay a little longer, spread it around, like herd immunity. And the architect of this strategy, which is not a strategy at all, but the absence of one is one uh, Dr. Scott Atlas, who right. is, as the we've discussed, neither an epidemiologist nor an infectious <laughs> disease specialist. Yes, he's like a radiologist. And this week, he appeared on RT, Russia Today, which is a network that is considered by our own Department of Justice to be a foreign agent and a sponsor of Kremlin propaganda. So what did our top epidemiologists say in non, this interview. Non-epidemiologists. <laughs> right. Our top, top radiologist <laughs> who's been put in charge of a pandemic. Well, first, he downplayed the severity of the coronavirus surge and said that lockdowns aimed at curbing the spread of COVID-19 are not impactful and that they are killing people and that masks don't work and will only serve to make children neurotic adults. Oh, so, <laughs> So that's what like happened. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather have neurotic adults than dead adults. My God. For real. I know. And so, like, he's proud of this interview. He tweets it and then he takes it down after, like, our intelligence services were like, um, what are you doing giving an interview with a Kremlin propaganda of? outlet and he's probably like oh well donald trump told me to but then he issues an apology on twitter saying i regret doing the interview and i apologize for allowing myself to be taken advantage of i especially apologize to the national security community who is working hard to defend us so okay so he didn't know that rt, RT. did he ask what rt stands for what did he think like, it was what like he... reuters short for like... reuters television <laughs> Like, but everybody knows what RT is. Everybody knows. Yes. That's like, who is it? The Kelly, was it Kelly Leffler who said that she didn't know about grabbing by the pussy this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She never yeah. heard that. No, she, she didn't never know about that. that. Yeah. Like, sure, Jan. Okay, Jan. <laughs> So, like, moving on, <laughs> I can't even talk about that anymore. Um, so I was wondering, like, what the Republicans had up their sleeve for the October surprise. Like, the whole month of October, we're like, where is it? What's what's going to happen? And it turned out that they had nothing except for this dumb, recycled Hunter Biden nonsense that nobody except the most diehard Trumpers even listened to. But there was this recent um, NBC investigation that showed just how sloppy the handiwork behind this whole thing was. And it's insane. Um, and it, it just bears discussing. So Please. about a month before 
this uh, whole Hunter Biden laptop allegedly surfaced at a Delaware computer repair shop run by somebody who is blind because <laughs> who among <laughs> us hasn't left our three hard drives with the blind oh computer God. repairman. Um, <laughs> so there's like a 64 page dossier that had been circulating around conservative media outlets with all sorts of allegations about Hunter. And the document was created by an intelligence firm called Typhoon Investigations. And it turns out that Typhoon Investigations does not actually exist. And the author of the document, a, a Swiss security analyst named Martin Aspen, also doesn't exist. Um, it's a fabricated identity. And he had a profile picture and it was created with like an artificial intelligence face generator. And it was so Wait, what? obvious. Why did to, you need yeah. a face generator for... <laughs> <laughs> they had to have Martin Aspen. They had to show his picture. So they had to create a Martin. Is that like a Ron Vara? Like a it's like a Ron or a John Barron or any of these people. They so love these, yeah. They love these like fake identities. So I think this was like their version of the Christopher Steele dossier. Yes. Right. But yes. at least the Christopher Steele dossier was like about the presidential. Well, also, Christopher the Steele was a real person. <laughs> was a real person. The not bar a, is not so a, low. Not an animatronic <laughs> hologram. <laughs> so anyone who studies like misinformation could like see the telltale signs of like AI because uh, Martin Aspen. <laughs> asymmetrical ears <laughs> <laughs> and like double pupils which is like the wait, wait so you know when they have those things that are like how to tell if you're reading fake news <laughs> if <laughs> if your source has asymmetrical ears and double pupils that might stop reading that... stop reading and call the FBI <laughs> so Okay, so Aspen, um, the intelligence firm that Aspen lists as like they had a whole like background of this guy, Mr. Martin Aspen, and the the firm that he listed as his previous employer said that no one by that name has ever worked there and no one by that name even lives in Switzerland. And then it gets weirder. So like one of the original like disseminators of this document is a blogger named Christopher Balding. And um, he he told NBC when they asked him about it that he wrote it and admitted that Martin Aspen does not exist. And so Bald, who is this guy Balding, right? He's formerly a who professor yeah. of a Chinese of Chinese <laughs> studies at a university in Vietnam. And he, <laughs> and so Wait, he name said, what? What's his name? Michael Baldwin. <laughs> Christopher Balding. Christopher Balding. How did he get that coveted appointment studying Chinese affairs in a Vietnamese university? <laughs> but he's a former. He doesn't work there anymore because they like he got fired. Yes, <laughs> the level of his scholarship was not sufficient to grant him tenure. <laughs> and now he's an outcast. Now he the radical left <laughs> bridges yes. of speech. Yes. He's um what was it called the uh dark the intellectual dark, dark web. web. Yes, yes. Yes. Like Jordan Peterson or yeah. Yes. So um okay, so this guy Balding said that 
Martin Aspen is an entirely fictional individual created solely for the purpose of releasing this report. And then he wouldn't tell NBC who else wrote the document. And he said the primary author of the report due to personal and professional risks requires anonymity. Okay, so who is this person? It had to be either Steve Bannon Yes. Or Rudy Giuliani, right? Like, yeah, except I don't think Rudy Giuliani is like, you know, has has enough sense, has enough mental capacity nowadays to write anything. So it has to be Steve Bannon. Yes, because Steve Bannon um, published this document, discussed it on his podcast, like early, early on. So he was obviously at the beginning of this. Anyway. The good news is that these goons are such sloppy idiots that the media didn't take the bait the way they did with the Anthony Weiner laptop. And um, I guess Hunter Biden will never be president. So. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. 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 I mean, just like Don Jr. and Ivanka, I know he was being groomed for the next generation. But uh, right. Uh, yeah. Again, Chelsea's Clinton. So go Chelsea. I right. Guess. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. So nope to the animatronic. Nope, nope to Martin Aspen. Nope Christopher to Balding. Professor, ex-Professor <laughs> Balding and Rudy Giuliani. You lose and all his... your hair, Professor Balding. Okay. Yes. No, okay. no, no, no. Nope. Do you have any more of these little grab bag items here? Um, I just don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> the only thing I will say is that like, I hate the polls and I have such like PTSD from that like New York Times space. As a nationality, you can't say that. There are some very outstanding polls. Pope John Paul. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> um, so I just uh, I keep going to 538 and refreshing, even though I don't believe in polls anymore. <laughs> And there's nothing left to check. But then I saw a data point that really like snapped me out of this depression. And it is better than any poll. I was reading this article in The New Yorker by Jane Meyer. And she revealed that Michael Cohen has bet $10,000 that Trump is going to lose. And I feel like Michael Again, wait, Cohen... Wait, against whom? Against whom? Against her? I, <laughs> against <laughs> Jane Meyer. <laughs> no, I think on like, you know, the whatever presidential gambling market. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I, forgive me. I'm less familiar with those gambling markets. <laughs> I don't partake. But I, I'm just kind of taking solace that one of his closest, once closest advisors is that confident that he's going to lose. Okay. Nope. To the grab bag. Just nope. Uh, nope. It was it was all bad. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, we did our best, I guess. This is a short episode to make you laugh. Um, we do have one yup, a double yup, the only ray of light, the only beacon of hope for us, for our democracy, for our week, month, year, century ahead. Rachel, yes. I will let you do it. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Wait, are, are, are you giving them our official endorsement? Because we've withheld our endorsement. A lot of people are wondering, gee, who are Brian and Rachel going to vote for? They're very, very <laughs> ambiguous in their political commentary. Yes, we've been holding back until we've now. We've been vomiting into the microphone for two and a half years. Yeah, and, and unlike are. George W. Bush, who won't reveal who he's voting for, which is really lame, we are going to tell you right before the election. Yes. And Joe Biden and Kamala, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, yes. And whoever the Senate candidates are, 
in your state, if it's contested, I've been spraying money at them all week. Oh, just, Jamie uh, Harrison. Yeah. Love, love him. Yes. Yeah. All of them. Cal Cunningham. All of them. Yeah. Sarah Gideon. Just Amy bring McGrath. it home. Yeah. Just bring it. Yes. Just, we just need a few of you. Just come on, John yes. and Looper. <laughs> Where are you when we need you? <laughs> yes. Okay. You yes. know something? We're not going to ask you to rate. We're not going to ask you to review. We're not going to ask you to subscribe. We're just going to ask you to do one thing, which Rachel is to vote if you haven't already. Yeah. Please vote. I'm going please at 6, 6 a.m. I'm going. Vote um, like your life depends on it. Because it, it does. does. Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening. Uh, we may or may not have another episode this week, depending on what happens and how the spirit moves us. Uh, yeah. If it's bad, we, we don't probably, report to anybody. If so if it's good, we might have one. If it's bad, we'll probably will wait until next week because I don't know. We just won't be able to bear it. Um, no. So yeah. Okay. We'll just have to see what happens. Okay. Yeah. On that okay. Uh, very. <laughs> very indifferent note <laughs> thank you for listening this has been nope the podcast where we shut it down